Thank you for joining the Capital Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is for you and that through these expressions of our community, you will find hope, healing, and belonging. To learn more, join us live every week online and visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at Amen. Man, we could just sing that song for the next whatever time they've given me to preach, and I think your spirit and your soul would come out the service right where it needs to be. Amen? Come on. Can we thank our worship team? That was so good. I wanted to add in verses to that, like, thank you for the Boise State Broncos win last night. Wow, that was a game. Tough crowd. You didn't watch the game? We got a few. Pastor Connie watched it, so me and my mom. I'm going to preach to my mom this morning. We, we, it wasn't that late. It was cold, though, Pastor Mark, so we're glad you're back. And um, Man, but we do. Don't we have so much to be grateful for? I love what Pastor Mark said. We shouldn't wait for Thanksgiving to be grateful. You're a little late to the game if you wait for one Thursday out of one month of the year to be grateful for all that God has done, because hasn't he been so good to us? We were seeing it during worship, I think it was like maybe the last song of worship, and um, I just was so caught up in um, just thinking about the faithfulness of God. And it's amazing if you, if you really worship, you know, and you get outside of your mind and what you're thinking about, and you just, you just honor God through worship, and you're just singing, he'll remind you of his goodness and his faithfulness. And um, it, I, I kind of got upset because the song wasn't long enough because I was still thinking about his faithfulness. It's like, no, keep singing, there's more. I mean, it, it would take us a lifetime to, to rehearse the goodness of God. So today, I know it's a shocker this week, but today we're going to talk about gratitude and we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. And I have three titles for this message and it was just because it's, my heart is just abounding in thankfulness for Jesus that I was like, I don't know what we should title it. So one was um, Gratitude Like Jesus. You could write that down if you like that, if that sounds good to you. One I put was We Are Called to Be Thanksgiving People because I thought that sounded good. But the other one, the one I think I like the most is it's Thanksgiving every day. It should be Thanksgiving every day, right? And if we're, if we're Jesus followers and we believe in the goodness and the faithfulness of God, it's Thanksgiving every day. Maybe not the gluttony of Thanksgiving. <laughs> Hopefully won't, won't be eating that many calories every day, but our heart should be in a posture of thankfulness and, and gratitude towards God. Amen? Hey, let's pray. And um, let's believe God's going to do whatever he wants to do in this service. Are you excited to be here? Amen. Jesus, we thank you. We do. We start with gratitude. We're thankful for who you are. We're so grateful that you are who you say you are and you did what you said you were going to come to do. And I thank you. You've left us your spirit and that you're with us all the time. And that, Lord, your love is everlasting for each one of us. I thank you, you see us, you know us, you care. And Lord, we trust you today. And we just thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Fill our hearts this morning with gratitude for a good and an awesome and a faithful God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, I don't know about you, but uh, I've learned, um, especially after becoming a parent, but I think I knew it before, is that gratitude is not something that you're just naturally born with, right? You don't just, you know, come out 
like into this world and you're like, thank you, mom. Thank you, nurses and doctor, midwives. I don't know where you're at on that spectrum, but thank you, doula, wherever you are. Thank you. We don't. We don't come out this world being grateful or come into this world being very grateful. It's, it's a practice. It's, a, it's something that we have to learn. As a parent, Garrison and I are learning that we have to teach our son gratitude, right? He doesn't like, we don't give him food or give him something and he immediately is just like, thank you, he doesn't. He begs. That one he learned. That one he was born with. You know, he's, he's like, I've been trying to teach him because he doesn't really talk very much yet. Um, so we're trying to teach him the sign language. Parents do that, you know, because it saves you when they're screaming and pointing at something and you're like, I don't know. And then we're all crying because we don't know what's happening. So the sign language is so great. So he first started with more and he got that one down fast. Like he's like, everything is more now. Like, he wants more TV, he wants more food, he wants more outside, he, wa- he just says more. And I'm like, I don't know what that means anymore because everything is more for him. And so then we were like, okay, hey, let's move on from, we gotta, we gotta increase this, his language skills. So then we went to please, cause I was like, at least give me a please when you're gonna do more. So that's his favorite. That kid could literally get anything he wants at this point. Cause he comes up to his mom or his dad with the cutest smile and he goes, you know, and he knows if he does that, he's going to get what he wants. And then if that one doesn't work, then he goes, and then please. And I'm like, oh God, yeah, you can have a car. You're 17 months old. You can have anything you want. We go through Target and he's pointing at things that I'm like, give it, put it all in the cart. Cause he's like, please, it's bad. So we're working on thank you. Um, because you know, he'll get something and I'm like, okay, buddy. Yeah. That's, I'm glad you said thank I, I'm so grateful you said please. And you said more and you're trying to learn, but now you need to learn to say thank you. But that one's just not working. He's like, he's like, I already have what you gave him. What are you asking? He already has everything he wants. So it's something that's not embedded into the very fabric of who we are, yet it's a practice that we have to learn. It's something that we have to um, teach our kids. We have to teach ourselves. We have to grow in, right? Because gratitude just doesn't bubble up out of our hearts, especially when there's things in our life we're not very grateful for. It's easier to be grateful when life is really good um, for a 17-month-old baby when he gets everything he wants. He seems, you know, that gets, he's more prone to be able to say thank you. But life does not necessarily treat us in a way that we think we should be treated. So gratitude is not our go-to emotion and response. It's something that we as Christians and as followers of Jesus that we really have to learn to be grateful. Have you noticed that? I'll prove it to you. We only talk about gratitude in the world one time a year and it's November. Like, where was grat- where's the sermon series on gratitude in April, you know? Or where is everyone's gratitude journals and monthly gratitude posts in July? They're nowhere to be found, but November comes and people are like, I'm going to post every day this month what I'm grateful for. And I'm like, that's adorable, but you could have done that every day of the year. You know, and I'm not, but please do it if you love doing that. I'm not mocking you. I'm just sort of mocking you because you could, like, maybe let's mix it up and try it in February and just, you know, just let, let's throw people, you know, just, just get them upset about it, you know? Because gratitude and Thanksgiving is not just something we as Jesus followers do one time a year on one Thursday sitting around a table. It's a lifestyle. It's who we are as Jesus people is God calls us to be Thanksgiving people every day. So that means when I wake up in the morning, it's thank you. 
It's like this is this is just how we we live and how we operate our lives. See, so experts tell us, and this is the funny thing, as soon as we say experts tell us, we're all lean in. We're like, oh yeah, tell us what the experts say, even though the Bible's already told us, but here's your podcast for the day, you know. Um, neuroscientists and psychologists tell us that gratitude is key for mental, for your mental health, for physical health. There are so many benefits to someone who practices gratitude. In fact, the practice of gratitude can have dramatic and lasting effects in a person's life. This is one psychologist and one neuroscientist tells us. He goes on to tell us that it can lower your blood pressure, it proves immune function and facilitate more efficient sleep. Gratitude reduces lifetime risk for depression, anxiety, substance abuse disorders, and is even a key resilience, uh, resiliency factor in the prevention of suicide. Practicing gratitude also affects your behavior. Studies have shown that great, grateful people engage in more exercise, have better dietary behaviors, are less likely to smoke and abuse alcohol, and have higher rates of medication adherence. Factors that translate into a healthier and happier life. But this is, like, we've we probably all heard that. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we know if we're grateful, it's going to help our bodies or whatever. Our minds uh, begin to operate in that way. But this is the one that gets me. Gratitude, he tells us, blocks toxic emotions such as envy, resentment, regret, anger, depression, anxiety, which can destroy our happiness. He goes on to say, it's impossible to feel both emotions simultaneously, meaning you can't feel gratitude and anger at the same time. You cannot feel gratitude, your heart cannot be full of gratitude and also full of resentment. It will block, gratitude will block the toxic emotions and thoughts and feelings and stuff in your life. That alone should make us all want to practice gratitude. But like I mentioned, thank you experts who tell us these things, but the Bible already told us this. The Bible is full of thanksgiving. David, in the book of Psalms, even in the midst of hardship, is sharing his heart full of thanksgiving, right? Paul, go read. I'm going to read you a lot of scriptures today, and then I hope you'll go reread some of them this week. But Paul loves thanksgiving. And where did Paul learn this pattern of thanksgiving? It's through Jesus. Jesus practiced gratitude every time he prayed. Every time he prayed, Jesus practiced gratitude. So there's something about thanksgiving, gratitude, and thankfulness that I think we as Christians today shouldn't just practice on one Thursday when we're stuffing our mouths full of food that's delicious and that we have family around and we're watching football or a parade or a Christmas movie and we're finally listening to Christmas music. Some of you are late to the game, but welcome. It shouldn't be just that one time experience. It should be a life of Thanksgiving. We're Thanksgiving people. Have you just sat there for a second and thought, yeah, I got a lot to be grateful for. But do you just get like, kind of like that feeling during the holidays because it like you get, I don't know, like it just those, the, the, the feels happen and you start going, yeah, I really do have so much grateful for you have these memories and, or do we live this every day? If we're Thanksgiving people, if we're going to have gratitude like Jesus, then it's a practice we need to adopt every single day. What is thanks? What does it mean to be thankful? It means to, be, to have gratitude. It means to appreciate, to appreciate, and to have just a heart full of gratitude 
This is, this, is, this is the life, I think, as Christians that we should have towards God all the time. Every time God comes in my mind, you know what thought should come right behind it? Whew. I'm thankful. Or wow, I really appreciate God. Every time we think about God, it should be followed by a thought of thanksgiving. Because everything God does is good. And there is so much theology in that that we cannot unpack. And some of you are like, but bad things happen. I know, but everything about God is good. Everything. So I don't think we were born to be grateful, but I believe we were born to be grateful. I believe that God created us to be grateful people. I do. I think he, in, in, in the very fabric of who we are, we are to honor God. We're to magnify him, appreciate who he is, and, and come before him. That's why, like, did you know we come to church for Thanksgiving? We come to church to honor God, to praise him, and we come for Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving every single Sunday. How do I know this? Psalm 100 is the Thanksgiving Psalm. If you go in your Bible, it'll probably say Thanksgiving Psalm. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. This is the most famous, and Pastor Kelly just told me it's the, it's the verse of the day um, on version. And But this is what we do every single time we come into the presence of God, is we come with thanksgiving and we come with praise. The, the message translation says it like this. It says, on your feet now. Applaud. Applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourselves into his presence. Know this. God is God. And God, he made us. He, we didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him. Worship him. For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal, always and forever. I believe that we were created to be grateful people. And how do we enter into God's presence? How do we get close to the God of, 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 of all the earth? We enter with the password, thank you. We come into his courts with thanksgiving, and, or we come into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So we come with a thankfulness in our heart. We're created to honor him. We're created to, to appreciate all that he has done. And Romans gives us a scary picture of what it's like for those of us who aren't practicing what God has called us. Romans chapter one says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile, futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. You wanna get weird stinking thinking as Pastor Chris always says? You want to get weird, stinking thinking, and you want to get dark in your soul? Don't honor and thank God. Stop honoring God and stop thanking him, and all of a sudden, your mind's going to go sideways. You're going to start thinking things that are not from God. You're going to start living in ways that are not the, 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 the plan and the purposes of God. Some of you are like, well, yeah, just I don't know how I got there. I know how you got there. You've been complaining and living in ingratitude when God's sitting there going, I know, but you woke up this morning. <laughs> if, you got some, if, you, if you need something to praise me about, just praise me for that one. And then you start there, and then all of a sudden, a list will fill your heart. And you'll be like, oh my gosh, you have done a lot. And then all of a sudden, you start operating in what God has made us and created us to be, which is thanksgiving people. God's work should not go thankless. 
God's work in your life should not be thankless work. I mean, isn't it? Come on. We are people that love to be thanked. Come on. We love to be appreciated. When you do a good job or you, you know, it's like, it feels good. God doesn't even need it, but we sure, we sure should give him some thanks. God's not sitting there going, oh, they didn't thank me today. His heart is not changing either way. But you know what happens when we thank God? It changes our heart. It opens us up. It says, what, enter the password? You want the password? You want the secret to get right into God's presence? You say, thank you. Start with thanksgiving. Start with gratitude and see where God will lead you. See, I think that oftentimes our prayers have been shaped not around this pattern, which I'm going to lead us into and hopefully unpack this morning, which is how Jesus started with a pattern of thankfulness in his prayers. If we want to have the secret weapon and we want to have powerful prayers like Jesus, think about Jesus, signs and wonders, miracles, everywhere he goes, he's doing incredible things. What is the secret sauce for Jesus? It's not Chick-fil-A sauce. It's not even open on Sunday, so. It's prayer, but it's Thanksgiving in his prayers. He always thanked his father. He always thanked his father. This is the weapon we have as believers to enter into prayer. Some of us start our prayers with, dear God, I just really pray that you would help me today to accomplish all that I need to. I have quite the task list. God, give me grace today for that person because they've been rough. God, I just pray that you would help me to be, you know, the mom, the dad, the spouse. Lord, help me to uh, do all that you need me to do. God, I pray that you would provide for me. Give me all that I need. These are not bad prayers. These are great prayers. God loves these kind of prayers. But there's a problem. We didn't start with Thanksgiving. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The password is thank you. So really our prayers should be postured like this. God! thank you and just sit there for five seconds thank you for who you are thank you that you are so magnificent and wonderful and thank you for your everlasting love that never fails me thank you that you are the alpha and the omega you're the beginning and the end thank you that you're the rose of Sharon thank you God that you are the lion and the lamb God thank you so much that you sent your son for me Lord just start thanking Instead of rushing into, but I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. The Bible says this. I'm just going to throw you a little like, special thing. The Bible says he knows what you ask before you ask it. <laughs> so you're good. But you know what we should do is we should start with honoring God with thanksgiving. See, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, if we have it, we can put it up there. He says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. That's a tough one. I'm going to say it again. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, give thanks in all circumstances is a beautiful scripture to recite. It's a very difficult one to live. Because when you were grieving, did you want to give thanks to Jesus? When you got a bad doctor's report, were you just, did you just skip out of the doctor's office going, thank you, Jesus? Right? 
got a flat tire on the way to church, you're, you might be saying Jesus, but it's not ungratefulness, okay? Ingratitude. <laughs> but come on. This is, this is the message, and this, is the, this to me is what it means to be a, a person of thanksgiving every day. It's what it means to be a Jesus follower, is that we're not just thanksgiving people in good times, we're thanksgiving people all the time. When we walk in thankfulness, though, we confess that God is the source of all that I have. And when you are thankful, you humble yourself by confessing, it's not about me. It's actually about God. And God calls you to give thanks in everything, just as Paul commands us here. And this one's tricky because he's not saying give thanks for everything. He's saying give thanks in everything. I'm not going to give thanks for sickness, but I'm going to give thanks in the midst of sickness. I, I, don't give, I, don't, I, I don't give thanks for a death for someone who's gone too soon, but I give thanks in the midst of my grief. I'm going to give thanks in all circumstances, at all times, in every season of my life. Why? Because this is what it means to be thanksgiving people, not just on a Thursday in November, but every single day. I give thanks in all things. In everything. And some of us are, we, we get so hung up by the disappointments in our life that it's very hard for us to transition to giving thanksgiving at all. And God says, no, 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 come to me. When we humble ourselves, Thanksgiving does that. Gratitude humbles you, doesn't it? Have you ever had to say thank you to someone and you're like, I really don't want to thank them, but that was pretty great what they did. <laughs> so humbling. Gratitude humbles us as it should. And when we give thanks to Jesus, it puts us in our right place and it keeps him right where he's supposed to be. That's what Thanksgiving does. So when we open our heart in gratitude, we remind ourselves, God doesn't need to be reminded. He already knows he's in charge. He, knows he, he already knows he's working everything out while we're freaking out. He's like not freaking out at all. But our gratitude when we come to Jesus and we come to God in prayer, all of a sudden reminds us, whoo, he's in charge. He's got it. I'm good. This is what thankfulness does. Thankfulness is an attitude. It's confessing that all you have and all that you are already comes from God. So why wouldn't you spend your life thanking him? If all you are and all you have and all you ever will have will always come from him, why wouldn't you want to spend the rest of your life thanking him? Why wouldn't you? Your, your, your babies... Yeah, you might have had a part to play in that, but mm, it was God. That job that you love, that promotion you got, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're a good worker and you've done everything unto the Lord, but guess what, God? That marriage you have, that family you have, whether good or bad, let me tell you something, God knows what you need. <laughs> Come on, this is, our life should be centered around Thanksgiving because when we become grateful people, we allow ourselves to let God be God and stop being God for him. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's, it's amazing what God can do when we let God be God. And who do we learn this from? Jesus. Jesus, who was 100% man and 100% God, still honored his father in every miracle. He honored his father. He thanked his father 
He could have just thanked himself. He's the Trinity. He's the one that's going to go to the cross. He could have just, I'm like, I'm going to thank myself for this miracle. You're welcome. He always thanks his father. This is the mission of being a Jesus person, and Jesus shows us this. Start your prayers with thanksgiving. Jesus shows us this in Matthew chapter 11. In the context of this, you also see it in Luke's gospel. But in Matthew chapter 11, he's in places that are unrepentant and unthankful. They're unthankful cities. Even in the midst of Jesus' mighty acts, miracles and signs and wonders are happening, and these people are unrepentant and unthankful, and yet Jesus says this. He says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, such was your gracious will. I thank you, Father. He's thanking God in a thankless environment. I don't think you all know how hard it is to preach sometimes in certain environments, but it's like, it'd be like preaching somewhere where like nobody knows Jesus. That ain't the easiest atmosphere. Sometimes you all aren't either, but God bless you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Okay. One week we're just going to have a rotating like, okay, you go. 45 minutes. Let's see what you do, champ. Just kidding. I kid. But I mean, can you imagine Jesus is thanking his father in a thankless environment? It's preaching Jesus in a very un-Jesus environment. This is, but, but, but Jesus doesn't care. He's like, I'm going to thank my father in front of all of you. Even though you don't thank him, you're unrepentant. He's still good. He's still in charge. John chapter 11, this one gets me. I love this portion of scripture. John chapter 11, Jesus' good friend dies, Lazarus. He's died. Word has been sent to Jesus, and Jesus takes a sweet time to get there. So here's a little word for some of you. Some of you have been waiting on a promise. Don't worry. Jesus waited like four days for his friend, and he was dead, okay? And he still revived him. So don't worry. Don't give up on a dead dream, okay? I don't know where that came from. It's just like, there you go, you know? But here he is. He shows up finally, and they're not happy about it. You know, Martha and Mary are like, where have you been? You can smell the decay of the body, or they're like worried that if you open the stone that you're going to smell the decay of the body, which you didn't because Jesus was already, miracle was already in motion. There's a whole theology in that we don't have time for. But here Jesus shows up about four days late. Lazarus is dead, and they're crying. Can you imagine the grief? They've been waiting for, they know Jesus can raise him from the dead. They've been waiting. Jesus takes his time. He's doing some other things on the way there shows up, and this is what Jesus says in John chapter 11, verse 41. He says, they took away the stone, it says, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Like, come on, we're in a, we're in like a funeral home. Jesus shows up late. I mean, Lazarus is as dead as dead can be at this point. Everyone's grieving, and he looks up to his father, and he says, I thank you that you have heard me. When's the last time in your grief, your disappointment, a bad report, a failure in your life, that you said, I thank you, Father, that you've heard me? Ooh. And you were like, yeah, because Jesus knew he was going to raise him from the dead. Yeah, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and raised Lazarus from the dead is the same spirit that raises, that's in, in you that could raise up your dead dreams and disappointments and failures and frustrations. And what is Jesus' secret weapon? That's also our secret weapon. Thanksgiving. 
So he thanks his father for hearing me. And then he goes on and says this, which this is how good Jesus is. He says in verse 42, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. Have you ever thought that maybe your gratitude isn't just for you? Maybe your gratitude in the midst of grief and hardship and disappointment, yeah, it's going to affect you, but it ain't just for you. Some of the darkest seasons of my life have been the greatest testimonies for other people. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I remember people walking up to me and be like, why were you worshiping that Sunday? And I was like, why wouldn't I? Can you help me? No, exactly. I'm going to worship the one who can. Blows my mind. The worst thing you can do as a believer is when a hardship comes, skip church the next week. I'm just telling you. I've had death and traumatic experiences in my life. And guess what? The very next Sunday, I found myself as awkward as it felt, uncomfortable as I may have felt, I would be right in the front row. I sat the same place. I didn't hide in the back corner or in the middle where no one saw me. I was going to worship Jesus. Why? Because thankfulness and thanksgiving and gratitude and praise is the key to living the life that God has called you to live. I will be thankful in all things in all circumstances, in everything that comes in our lives. Why? Because he's worthy of praise. And until you save my soul, I'm going to keep praising him. I'm going to worship him with my last breath. I'm going to give thanksgiving every day. Why? Because he's worthy of it. And when I begin to live a life of gratitude, not only does my heart get full. I can't remember which scripture it is, but it talks about Thanksgiving in abundance. I think it's in Colossians. All the good scriptures about Thanksgiving are in Colossians. It's bubbling up. All of a sudden I have Thanksgiving in my it affects the people around me. And all of a sudden my life becomes a testimony and I don't even need to preach the gospel. I just live the gospel. And all of a sudden people around me are like, my word, if you can be thanks thankful, this is why it's so irritating when Christians complain and grumble. For many reasons, it's irritating. And there's a whole portion of the Old Testament that will tell you what'll happen to you if you spend 40 years complaining, okay? It's not a good outcome. But come on, Christians, of all, yes, I know difficulties come. I know we have bad days. I'm not saying that you have to live like this weird, like everything's great, nothing's wrong. I've never had a problem in my life, that's stupid. Yeah, Pastor Kelly said, that's denial. We don't live by denial. But we are faith people. And if I never, if God never does a single, if God never does anything more for me for the rest of my life, do you know that everything he's done is already enough? So I could right here, nothing else, just right now what I have, I could spend the rest of my life being grateful, singing his praises, telling him how good he is, and honoring him. For the rest of my life. And it would take a lifetime just to express all the things he's already done. But this is, this is the struggle is that we live in, an ingratit- in a world that so lives in ingratitude. We don't know how to operate with gratitude. We focus on the lack, not the blessings. We, we zero in on the, on the, on the um, mistakes and the disappointments and not the victories. And so we become like the world, which we shouldn't as the church. We should look very different, especially with our mouth. 
Whereas, hey, the world might be complaining about everything, but I'm rejoicing because God is still enthroned. <laughs> He's still in charge. So I can look, sound, think different than the world. We should. If you complain just like everybody else, there's no testimony for you. But God has done exceedingly abundantly, as Pastor Mark shared in the transition, more than I could think, hope, imagine. Ooh, that's enough to praise him. So John chapter 11, sorry, did I even get past that part? Because I love it so much. So Jesus gives this public prayer. He says it publicly. And it's, a, it's, it's an echo of Psalm 118 that says, I thank you that you have answered me. David says this in Psalm 118. I thank you that you answered me. The prayer here that Jesus prays in John chapter 11 presupposes that Jesus knew the Father's will was always to raise Lazarus from the dead. So Jesus never doubted that Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead. So why did he pray this public prayer? Not really for the sake of Lazarus because he knew it was already going to happen. It was going to happen. He did it for the witnesses. The prayer was not for his benefit, for Lazarus, or even Jesus' benefit. It was aimed at bringing the observers into the group of believers. Meaning the public prayer by Jesus was showing honor and gratitude to his father. He publicly declared, I thank you that you hear me. I know you've always hear, I, I just love it, and he falls away. I know you always hear me. But I want them to know that you always hear me and that you did send me. Come on, have you, have you just ever, you know, this could be a real good evangelist, evangelistic tool. Maybe with someone just be like, you know, there's a difficulty. Hey, I want to, let's pray about it. You start the prayer with, God, I thank you that you've already heard our prayers. And the person will be like, he did? <laughs> like, yeah, because he already knows what he's going to do. Because you know what's so beautiful about public prayers and declaration of knowing God hears you? When the miracle happens, you don't just get to experience the benefit. Everyone shares in the, in the miracle. See, that's why we're community. Because I'm not supposed to just live my own isolated life and if God blesses me, yay, I get blessed. I wanna live a life that when God blesses me, you're blessed. And when you're blessed, I'm blessed. And together, we show the world that they can be blessed. But we have to do this by the model that Jesus gives us, which is public prayer and thankfulness of his father. Luke, Matthew chapter 15, uh, it's, in, it's in Mark's gospel, it's in John's gospel, the feeding of the 5,000. How does Jesus start this? He took the seven loaves and the fish and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. He gives thanks before he passes out the food. He gives, why, like he already knew he was gonna do the miracle, but he honors his father by thanking his father first. Luke chapter 22, Matthew chapter 26, it's also in Mark's gospel, is the last supper. And this is what Jesus says as he's with his disciples. Think about this, he knows, his, he knows what's about to happen. He knows the cross is imminent, he knows it's on its way. And this is what he does in his last supper with his disciples. He also knows Peter's gonna deny him to a little girl. And Judas is going to betray him for money. And yet he sits around a table with these misfit, dysfunctional little children that he loves. And that are, most of them are going to end up changing the world because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And he says this, he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, he gave thanks before the cross. 
Take this, divide it among yourselves, for I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them, saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying, the cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Before he goes to the cross, he thanks his father. Before he suffers, he thanks his father. Before he does, and we know he goes in the garden and he's human, has a full-on panic attack, and is like, can there be another way? And yet he says, not my will, not my will but your will be done. But he thanks his father before his suffering. We can't even thank him in the midst of suffering, at the end of suffering, at the fear of suffering. But Jesus himself thanks his father. And he uses an illustration of the Eucharist with bread and wine to represent his body and his I mean, this is, it's, it should have been weird to the disciples. And they kind of know what's going on, but obviously kind of don't. But yet he takes this opportunity to thank God that he's going to go to the cross and that he's going to suffer and that he's going to do the will of his father. You know what thankfulness does? Even in the midst of suffering, it honors God who is God. And he's in control. He's the savior of our life. And then Paul, Peter, or excuse me, Paul, I love Paul. He follows this in Acts. He follows the same pattern that Jesus says in Acts chapter 7, 27. He says, he took the bread in giving thanks to God in the presence of all. He broke it. Paul follows the pattern of Jesus by thanking. We, every time we take communion, we follow that pattern. We thank him for his body. We thank you for, for, for his blood that was shed and that his body that went to the cross for us. And we continue to live that life of gratitude. But here's the problem. Sometimes we only thank him on a communion Sunday or a Thanksgiving meal, or maybe that one good prayer time that we have every couple months. And instead of waking up every day with Thanksgiving in our hearts, we have to almost force ourselves to be thankful. And like Pastor Mark said, we shouldn't wait for Thanksgiving to be grateful. See, Jesus, who was fully God and fully man, took an opportunity through all of these times in the New Testament when he thanks his Father. He's demonstrating his humanity by his gratitude and appreciation for his Father. He was under the submission of his Father. And he took time to appreciate and honor God. See, Jesus does this all throughout the scripture every time he prays. And some of you think, well, not the, not, not the Lord's prayer. He doesn't, he doesn't thank Jesus. Yeah, he, does. he, he thanks God. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Do you know what hallowed means? Honor, appreciation, reverence, holiness. He doesn't ask God for a single thing until he takes, takes a good chunk of time just honoring God. That's gratitude. Hallowed be your name, not my name. I, I, I'm not honoring a situation. I'm not honoring anything else. We're honoring God. That's yes. what Jesus does. Then he goes on. Then he starts petitioning. Then he starts asking for things. Then he starts repenting. Then he goes on. It's the greatest prayer pattern you can use, by the way. But it all starts with honoring God. It's gratitude. See, our lives, 
everywhere we go, whether you like it or not, Christians, is a, it's a testimony of thanksgiving or not. I either demonstrate thanksgiving everywhere I go or I don't. Or maybe I'm, I'm the Christian that, you know, walk around and people are like, not that one, they're going to complain about something. Oh, man, don't you, nobody wants to be that person, hopefully. But we should be thanksgiving people every day. And everyone who comes into contact, uh, in, in, in contact with us, when we meet on a daily basis or we see at the gym or, or at coffee place or at work or school, they should look at us and think they're grateful people. And the experts tell us if you live in gratitude, you won't live with anxiety. You won't live with fear. You won't have resentment. You could really deal with your anger problem if you get grateful. But we have to practice it. And we have to learn to practice it every day. Colossians says this, Paul says this, earnestly, continue earnestly in prayer being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Wouldn't it be great if when we were desperate for God to answer something, to answer a prayer, wouldn't it be awesome if we started with thanksgiving? Wouldn't it be amazing if there's a major need that there's in my family or there's one in our church and I go on, I go to pray on behalf. Wouldn't it be amazing if I started with, thank you God. God, I thank you that you are good and you're good all the time. God, I thank you that your love is everlasting and you can't be anything outside of your character, which means you're always good. You're always loving. Gosh, God, I thank you you're always patient. I thank you that when I'm faithless, you're still so faithful. God, I thank you that you haven't given up on me. God, I'm so thankful that you're long-suffering Oh God, I'm so thankful that I know I don't deserve it, but you sent your son to a cross for a broken world. God, I thank you that even though humanity has messed up your plan over and over and over again, you've never given up on us. Your judgment has not come and fallen on us, but your mercy keeps coming new every single morning. Thank you. Can you imagine what would happen to your prayer life? Can you imagine what would happen to your babies if they saw you thanking and not complaining? I'm going to drop the mic right there because some of you, some of your kids have never heard you thank God, but they've sure heard you complain about God. And I'm telling you something, you can leave a legacy of thanksgiving or you can leave a legacy of complaining, but I'm telling you, as for me and my house, I'm gonna leave a legacy of thanksgiving to God in every circumstance. Life will get rough. In this world, you will have troubles, but take heart, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. I'm thankful. I'll be the only one in the room, but I'm thankful. I will spend the rest of my life singing his praise. With every breath, I will be grateful. Why? Because he is good all the time. It's who he is. It's what he does. Woo! We are Thanksgiving people every day. 
Henry Nowen says this. Thank you, Steve. I will preach it. I love preaching it. Henry Nowen says this, to be grateful for the good things that happen in our life is easy. But to be grateful for all of our lives, the good as well as the bad, the moments of joy as well as the moments of sorrow, the successes as well as the failures, the rewards as well as the rejections, that requires hard spiritual work. Still, we are only truly grateful people when we can say thank you to all that has brought us to this present moment. As long as we keep dividing our lives between events and people we would like to remember and those we would rather forget, we cannot claim the fullness of our beings as a gift of God to be grateful for. Let's not be afraid to look at everything that has brought us to where we are now and trust that we will soon see in it the guiding hand of a loving God. The good, the bad, and the ugly, my friends, God's good. He'll work all things together for good. And you know what? My job is not to figure it out. My job is to be grateful. My job is not to figure out the whys, spend my life trying to dissect the difficulties, the failures, and the traumas. My life, I was born to bring thanksgiving. And when I bring thanksgiving to God, guess what happens? My heart, my world, and all the people around me come running into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Come on, would you stand with me today? I probably had like eight other scriptures we didn't even get to. Can you, uh, Lindsay, can you hand me my Bible really, really quick though? Go read Colossians this week, promise. It's full of thanksgiving. Psalm 118, I love this. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says this. If you, need, if you need a scripture this week to help you start your prayers, Psalm 118 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Then it goes, let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and he set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me, surrounded me on every side. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. Ooh, bees. They went out like fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and, 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 and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is, the mar- it, it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. You ever wondered where that scripture was? It's in 119. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray. 
Give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We will bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is good and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the feastal sacrifice with cords, but uh, up to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will extol you. And the way he starts the psalm, he ends. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Pray that every day, Thanksgiving people. You wake up on the wrong side of the bed, read Psalm 118. And you still aren't getting, read it again. Go find another translation. Read it out loud. Call someone and make them read it to you. Because we are Thanksgiving people every single day. Man, if we spend the rest of our lives thanking him, we will be the most satisfied, fulfilled, content, happy people. Come on. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise in here. Would you come on? Lift your hands in praise. Open your mouth with thanksgiving. Tell your God how good he is. Remind your soul what he's done for you. Come on, church. Enter his gates. The password is thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done and who you are. Lord, you're good and you're good all the time. Lord, your faithfulness has followed us all the days of our lives. Come on, thank, come on, you can do it a little longer. Come on, just thank him. Thank him. Remind yourself he's good.
Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Man, I want to take you back old school, church. Come on, just... We don't thank Him enough. We want to rush out and we wonder why our week is full of anxiety, full of over... We feel overwhelmed. We don't know how to deal with conflict and situations in our life and we can't stop to thank Part of me wants to sit on this step and make you stay here until I decide you should leave, but I'm not going to. Keep telling Pastor Ken's daughter. (laughs) I just, come on. This is our takeaway this week. We're going to start every prayer with thankfulness. We're not going to ask God for anything. We're not going to petition heaven for every single list we have. We're going to start with thanking him. We're going to thank him for who he is first before what he does. So I'm going to just thank him how good he is and faithful. He's the Alpha and Omega. Get scripture. It's beautiful. And just thank God. Who is God? He's, he's, he's magnificent. He's marvelous. He's in control. Just thank God. for Try it for two minutes. Maybe you get to five. You'll find yourself thanking him so much you'll be thanking for hours. Then move into thanking him for what he's done and then move into the petitions that you have for God. And the second thing we're going to do is this. We're going to have public prayers of thankfulness. Maybe your table doesn't do what our table does at Thanksgiving. And Pastor Ken, you know, leads our home. So we, no no kid eats. Nobody eats. Pastor Chris, Chris does not get to eat until we all go around the table and we thank God for what we're thankful for. And the kids are like, ah, just let us eat. And dad's like, nope, everyone go around the table. Nobody wants to be the first guy, you know, because yours is never as good as like three people in. They've thought about eight things you didn't think about. So I'm preparing you. Start thinking now. And if your Thanksgiving table doesn't do it, suggest it. And I want you to have public thankfulness. Why? Because the, when the public miracle happens, whew, everybody will celebrate that joy. Come on, church. One more time. Can we lift our hands? Just thank him. Praise him for who he is. God, we love you. Wow. Your love is everlasting for us. Oh, your thoughts for us. They're like the sand of the sea. You think about us all the time. You, you care for us. You care about every detail of our lives. And God, if all we do for the rest of our life is thank you, man, we will be one blessed people. Lord, give us a heart of gratitude this week and every week. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. We could just sing that song. Before you leave, could you just bow your heads for one moment? Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to give towards this ministry, learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.